part of our secret sauce was this storytelling culture that we built that was supported by these iconic movie clips. And all of a sudden, throughout all of American Express, people are using my clips in keynote speeches and in texts and in blogs and in PowerPoint presentations. So when McKinsey says we've got something going on, Amex executives are using what we have. I'm like, maybe we're on to something here. So that's, that, that's when I started cold calling the Hollywood studios. Disney, Universal, Paramount, Sony, the rest of the gang saying, look, I got something here. It's working for a Fortune 50 company on a consistent basis. Maybe we could change lives. Welcome to the Become a Media Maven podcast. Today is a really unique episode. You are going to hear from Scott DiGiamarino. He is somebody who worked on his business called Moviecom for over nine years until he started making money. It started as a passion project just because he had this knack for building such a great company culture. And you're going to hear how while he was building this great company culture, as he worked for a Fortune 50 company, he started producing amazing leaders that were just getting recruited out from under him and and being promoted up in other jobs and other places. And he thought, hey, I think I have something here. Let me see if I can turn this into a business. And I'm going to give you a little tease here. If you're somebody who likes to use a GIF when you send a tweet, this just takes that to a whole other level. I mean, personally, it's not only a great way to motivate your team, but it's also a great way to communicate with clients as well. So here is my interview with Scott DiGiamarino from Moviecom. Ever wonder how some people seem to get a ton of media coverage and you don't? Welcome to Become a Media Maven, where TV reporter, host, and news contributor Christina Nicholson shares years of media experience to help you get the media attention you and your business deserve. And now, to help you master your media coverage, Christina Nicholson. Scott, thank you so much for joining me on the Become a Media Maven podcast. Oh, Christina, wonderful to be here. Thank you so much. I had to bring you on because we chatted a few weeks ago and you were telling me about Moviecom, the company that you founded. You are the CEO of Moviecom at moviecom.com. And it's one of those things that you hear and you're like, oh my gosh, what a genius idea. Why, why didn't this exist before? So for people who don't know, tell us what Moviecom is and then we'll get into how you got the idea and how, how you started and grew it. I love it. So, so you know, what Moviecom does is we partnered with some of the major Hollywood movie studios where we got legal access to their movie libraries that we essentially clipped up into short, into short clips where that leaders can use to motivate, inspire, and engage their employees or, or students or, or their audiences. It sounds very much like, oh, another tool to motivate your team. Does it really work? But you gave this amazing TEDx talk, which I will link to it in the show notes. And I loved, I've given it a TEDx talk. You have, yours was cool because you incorporated movie clips in it. And mine, I just showed like, here's a picture of the Kardashians. You actually had fun movie clips in it. So explain how this works, because it is something that I don't know anybody who is not motivated by certain movie clips. So talk to me about the origin of Moviecom, because I love this story. Okay, so so I used to I used to run American Express in the East Coast for 25 years, um, and it was um, I, I moved from Boston. You can't tell by the accent, by the way, uh, to to Washington D.C. in 1992, 
And the region that I took over was ranked 173rd out of 176 regions. It was kind of a disaster zone. You know, everything was going wrong, uh, terrible employee engagement scores, people weren't motivated at all. And, um, um, and we put some systems into place. And in one year, what was exactly 19, October 92 to October 93, we went from number 173 to number one. And we maintained that top ranking for 20 plus years. But the challenge was we were growing too fast. So give you an example, in six years, we went from one office to 207. I went from 30 employees to 1,600, and we went from three leaders underneath me to well over 100. So we're getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And, um, and that's good, but it's also scary. <laughs> um, so for example, um, one of the challenges we would face is that people, um, my peers around the country, would start calling me saying, hey, Scott, can we come busy? We want to see what you're doing. We, wanna sh uh, we want you to share best practices. Um, and then whenever a leader came and their team came to visit us, they would always magically have a vice president job opening up in Seattle and L.A. and Dallas back in the day. And, um, and of course, they would magically take my top talent. So there was, we became a leadership development machine, if you will. But the, and the challenge was I had to constantly replace people. Here, matter of fact, over a three-year period, we promoted out over 100 leaders throughout the rest of the country. Um, so at some point, like I said, you hit blood. And when you hit blood, it's kind of like I have a 24-year-old uh, person that's now a vice president that just doesn't have that much life experience. So I had to, so that was problem one. Problem two was we hired right out of college. And we didn't know it then, Christina, but we know it now. It was the beginning of a millennial generation. Um, so different ways of thinking, attention spans. They love short video. They, they want to be entertained while they learn. So I decided to take my love for movies as a way of engaging people and motivating people and quite frankly, getting my key messages across in a way that was memorable. Because um, as a business leader, I don't know if, I, I'm sure you've heard this before, but sometimes when you're there for a long time, you, you repeat yourself. And people have okay, heard his stories, I've heard his jokes, there he goes again. <laughs> so I had to figure out new and creative ways to get my messages across um, that became sticky. So I love movies and I'm the type of guy when I watch a movie, I remember the scenes, I remember the lines. I get goosebumps, I speak in movies like a lot of people do. So I decided to use my, uh, my love for movies as an internal email campaign. So for example, if you worked for me back in the day and, and um, um, I would wanna share a theme with you, courage, perseverance, teamwork, hope, um, collaboration, integrity. So if the example was courage, I would say, guys, this week's all about courage. Let me tell you why courage is important. Kind of reminds me of the movie, A League of Their Own. And for those who've never seen it before, it's about X, Y, and Z. And as you're watching the scene, I'd love for you to share with me the most courageous decision of your life. And we would email this out to everybody every Monday morning for 20 years. And it was funny, back in the day, we would get like 300 stories a week back from people that had nothing to do with business. They'd say, when I was nine years old, here's what happened to me. These stories were incredibly personal. Um, and they built this trusting bond between, between the entire organization. And what we did was we took the best couple stories of the week and with your permission, we'd share them with everybody else. And, with that, and the result of that is we built this culture and this environment where people felt connected to one another. Because you, you shared a story, you saw a movie together, it became the buzz in the hallways. So, so anyway, um, I get a call from the um, 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 uh, CEO of American Express saying, listen, we're gonna send in uh, McKinsey, which is a big consulting firm, to kind of study you guys to find out what you guys are doing. And um, McKinsey came in, they spent their six or seven weeks with us, and they created a report. And inside the report, as they said, part of our secret sauce was this storytelling culture that we built 
that was supported by these iconic movie clips. And all of a sudden, throughout all of American Express, people are using my clips in keynote speeches and in texts and in blogs and in PowerPoint presentations. So when McKinsey says we've got something going on, Amex executives are using what we have. I'm like, maybe we're on to something here. So that's, that, that's when I started cold calling the Hollywood studios. Disney, Universal, Paramount, Sony, the rest of the gang saying, look, I got something here. It's working for a Fortune 50 company on a consistent basis. Maybe we could change lives. Uh, and I don't know if you know much about Hollywood, but um, uh, it took, it, they're slow in making decisions. It took us nine and a half years of negotiating. I call it actually nine and a half years of begging <laughs> to, <laughs> to finally get a yes. And, and finally, we get a phone call one day from Universal Studios who says, hey, I think we got this thing figured out. And long story short, we became uh, one of the first companies, if not the first company in the history of Hollywood, to gain legal access to their movie libraries to do what I wanted to do. A couple things there that I want you to unpack. One is the fact that you stuck with this for over nine years. Most people would have quit well before then. And two, I want you to elaborate on company culture because I feel like this is something that a lot of people just don't even consider whether they be a business that they're so small that they're like, oh, company culture doesn't matter because it's just me and a couple of other people or they just look at their bottom line and they still don't understand how company culture actually affects their bottom line. So can you tackle that part first? Yeah. Okay. So on the culture side of things, it's interesting. Um, and this actually ties into your first question. We at American Express, we uh, learned very quickly that employee engagement leads to profitability. Okay. So when people are engaged, they understand very, very clearly that um, leadership matters because leadership can help people reach their potential, number one. They, they, people realize that when people are engaged, there's a trusting environment that's going on. They like coming to work every day. Um, they give best efforts every day. Um, if they see one of their peers that may be down and out, not having a good day or a good moment, they'll rally around them as long as the principles and the values of the organization are aligned with what you believe in. So, um, and we, part of our compensation back in the day was actually on employee engagement. So, um, I, don't, I don't know if you know this, uh, uh, that um, right now, only 31% of the workforce is considered engaged. Um, and, oh, by the way, millennials and Gen Zers, it's only 17% are engaged, based on the late, latest report I saw. Which means that two-thirds of the organiz or, of organizations of employees are either not engaged, okay, which they're the whatever crowd, or they're what they call actively disengaged, which means they're trying to bring the place down. You know, you know the negative people that are out there, they're always talking behind the pot of palms. So engagement matters. Um, and by the way, the number one reason most people aren't engaged is because of leadership, okay? Leadership is so important. That's why I spent all my time, all my life focused on developing leaders um, and promoting other leaders, as I mentioned earlier. So it, it matters. Um, the second piece of your question is about perseverance. Um, and this, the reason I persevered is because I, when we started doing this, we were able to see ordinary people, people who had ordinary results, do extraordinary things. So you know what a bell curve is in business? The mm -hmm. 10, 80, 10 rule. So as we grew, that, that bell curve became more proficient. So we had 10% of people who were who naturally great. <laughs> you know, they're, they're probably people who always got straight A's in school, they get perfect SAT scores, <laughs> I don't know, these things just seemed easy to them. Then we had the bottom 10% that always kind of struggled. Maybe they were in the wrong position or they shouldn't have been there. And then you get everybody else in the middle. 
For us, because of the size that we had, the key for us was to move that middle. That was our strategy. It's called factorial because if you move that middle just a fraction in the right way, you know, productivity-wise, retention-wise, et cetera, it really impacts the bottom line. And that's what happened to us. So when I, I mean, I've got countless names, countless examples of people when I got there before we started this whole storytelling and movement culture, um, uh, we're in that 80%. And then once we started doing this, especially at a constant drip, every Monday morning, a constant drip of the sun, all of a sudden we saw people feeling better, feeling more confident, feeling stronger, um, uh, buying into the culture of the environment and uh, of the organization. Um, and, and, and what I really wanted them to do when it was all said and done is I wanted them, when they were by themselves, to be able to make principle-based decisions um, that were in alignment with what, what the organization wanted and what they believed in. And when you when you match those two things together, great things can happen. So that's why I persevered. That's why I kept calling because, you know, at Amex, you know, I can affect sixteen hundred people or forty thousand people, you know, company wide. But I thought if 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 we can get this in the hands of millions and millions and millions of people around the world, whether again they're employees or students, whoever they may be, I just think we can make a significant impact on people's lives. And why do you think so many business owners, so many leaders, so many corporations, why do you think they don't even attempt at doing anything to make their company culture better? That's a really great question. I actually have a very, I, I, I have an answer for that. A um, couple of reasons. Uh, number one is, is um, most people don't understand that within the next couple of years, 75% of the global workforce will be our kids. Okay, so the millennials and the Zers, okay? And, and guys like me uh, were brought up a certain way. I was trained a certain way. I was coached a certain way. I was motivated a certain way. I was communicated to a certain way. And most people think that because this is how I grew up in an organization, that's how other people should grow up in the organization. But the reality is if you try to do that, okay, you're in trouble. It's kind of like this isn't like your, your father's Ford. You know, you, you've got to adjust. You've got to understand what's coming in. So if 70 to 75% of the global workforce in the next couple of years is going to be the millennials and Zers, and you don't, as a leader, you don't adjust, um, what's going to happen is you're going to get hit by a Mack truck someday. Because what you're going to see is you're going to see retention issues like you read about. This younger generation that's going to, that, that will take over the workforce, um, they'll be incredibly loyal to a fault. But if, if you don't lead them the way they want to be led, if you don't communicate with them the way they want to be communicated to, if you're still running three-hour meetings in today's workforce, uh, <laughs> it, it ain't going to work, as they say. It's just not going to work. They're going to check out, they're going to disengage, and they're going to quit. And the cost of recruiting, training, retaining today has never been higher. Um, and so, so, so the reason leaders, what I found based on, on all of our clients and the meetings I've had and the research I've done, the reason that leaders sometimes don't adjust is number one is they're not reading the tea leaves. They don't really understand the change in the workforce happening. Number two is it's scary to change. Um, you know, especially when you know something that's this is how I've always done things. It's always worked for me. Um, and you realize that if I make a shift in how I do things, it could actually affect your job positively or negatively. So it's, it's a little bit of fear factor in there is what I found. And then the last thing is, given the fact that we're in a technological world now with social media, et cetera, and TikToks and the Instagrams and things like that, uh, and, and the impact of short video, um, it's hard for senior leaders to understand the impact or at least even use tools like that uh, to impact culture. And let's get back to you 
going and going and going for nine years. Why did you not give up? Nine and a half years. <laughs> nine and a half years, even more. <laughs> well, a couple of years. I'm just saying, um, you know, I was still working in an American's restaurant at that time. Um, I built some great relationships with the studio heads um, because the studio the studio folks are, are wonderful people, and and they're always looking for ways to uh, to monetize what they're presently doing. So there was a there was a uh, desire on both of our parts to see how we can make everybody feel comfortable. Okay, it just took time to build a relationship, to understand the business model, to understand the legal ramifications of what we were trying to do. So it just took some time. Number one, number two was you got to remember this was this was before YouTube even started. Okay, um, so people didn't really understand the impact of video yet. We had an inkling. I mean, it's funny. I, uh, you know, I started uh, uh, liking shorter content versus longer content. I started noticing that scenes and movies and scenes and television shows were getting shorter and shorter and shorter. Okay, and I realized I kind of liked that. You know, give me instead of a instead of a three to five minute scene, give me a thirty second to forty five second scene. So and maybe I was a little bit ahead of my time, but. As I was gathering all this information, gathering this data, not only from my vantage point, but people I was talking to's vantage point, I was sharing that back with the studios, and we and we kind of learned together about what about what this could all be. Part one, and then part two, quite frankly, is I uh, this is kind of my my core is is I believe in people's potential. I believe that every single person out there, no matter who you are, no matter where you come from, no matter what your background, can do incredible things. But I also believe that it takes great leadership to help people tap into that potential. So that's me. That's the core of the Jam Arena. Um, but today's leaders need new and innovative tools in order to do that. And so I, I just I wanted to create this tool that, I can, that, that uh, uh, today's leaders and educators can have to make that difference in people's lives. And the way I could explain it to listeners in a sentence is when you get on Twitter and you tweet something and you share a GIF just to add a little pizzazz to what you're tweeting, you're doing this, but instead of a GIF, it's a movie clip. And you make these movie clips so easy to find on moviecom.com because you can search through a variety of keywords, like you said, courage, motivation, teamwork, whatever it may be. And people can try this for free. So I want you to just give people before we leave a quick run through on how they can get started, whether they're sharing this with their team, even if they're not sharing it with their team of employees, but to their email yeah. list with people who are potential customers or clients. Talk to us about how people can use MovieCom. Okay, so first of all, the website's moviecom.com, uh, M-O-V-I-E-C-O-M-M, like movies to communicate.com. Um, we have about 7,000 movie clips in the system right now. They range from one second to three minutes. So half of our library is one to three minute stories, short stories. And then the other half are actually talking gifs. Um, they're, they're the one lines. You can't handle the truth. Bailey's on an option. You had to hit a low. <laughs> um, and they average four and a half seconds. Interesting enough, uh, Christine, that, that um, um, 73% as of yesterday, 73% of all of our clients are using the talking gifs. Um, okay. The stories, which is interesting. So that's one. Number two is you're absolutely right about search. So a lot of our clients used to go on YouTube. Um, and and if, if they know exactly what they're looking for, YouTube is easy. Um, but if you don't necessarily know what you're looking for, it could be hours and hours and hours of your time. So we learned that. So our clients 
which right now are business leaders, professors, coaches, trainers. They don't have time to spend hours going through YouTube videos, number one. Number two, um, so, so number two is everything we do is ad free. So there are no ads whatsoever. Uh, highest quality, we do Blu-ray quality. Um, and most importantly, it's legally approved. Okay, so everything you do. Now, that being said, is we, clients can't use our clips to be what they call an implied endorsement. We can't use it to promote or market a product or a service. It's usually focused on internal usage within your organization or your, or your university. Second thing I would share with you is search. Uh, going back to making life easy, what we did is when we get a movie, so let's say it's Pitch Perfect 3. I don't know if you're a Pitch Perfect person. but um, It's amazing. I mean, it's so them. fun. I love Pitch Perfect, all so of them. Get, so, so we get Pitch Perfect. It goes through two levels of curation. So the first level, you're going to laugh, but uh, the first level of curation is, is someone's going to watch the movie. <laughs> so so some, we have a team that sits there, watches the movie, and we extract scenes or moments. Um, and we're averaging uh, 12 to 15 scenes per movie on average. Um, so that's called human curation. And we tag them, perseverance, courage, teamwork, hope. We have like 300 themes and principles and values, number one. But number two is then we take that clip and we run it through artificial intelligence. This is IBM Watson, Google, uh, Microsoft, Amazon Machine Learning. And out of that right now spit over 6 million searchable data points. So in our system right now, you can go in and you could type in Angelina Jolet. And it'll, it'll, it'll find her face. It'll know what clip she's in. You could type in basketball. And when a basketball appears in the scene, we could find so object recognition. You mentioned keyword. So I can type in the word courage. When someone's saying the word courage or a sentence like, I'm proud of you, um, um, it finds like that. So we're all about ad-free, uh, 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 legally approved, easy to find because our clients, like I was back in the day, are just incredibly busy. And then... The system will, will, um, will, will uh, generate a URL or an embed code that you can copy and paste and put it anywhere. Emails, text, blogs, PowerPoint presentations. Uh, uh, we have a lot of clients that are e-learning developers that are using our clips inside of these learning modules to spice them up a little bit. Um, and um, it's fun. <laughs> I love it. I love it. It has been on my list of things to do to send um, to my team. We send a, an email every Monday and every Thursday, and then we also are in Slack together. And it is just something, like you said, when it comes to culture, it's just that extra fun thing that keeps the team motivated instead of treating people who work with you like like they're robots and their job is just to come in and help you make more money so they can get paid. And right. I mean, I know in my experience in corporate America, that's what it's been like. It's like, we don't care if you're happy. You, your job is to come in here and do these things so you can make us more money. And yeah. it's, yeah, it's right. I, unfortunate, but that's the way it is, right? Well, I, I got to tell you something. There's one question I always get asked, always. And it's, and it's, and it's what makes a successful leader today? Okay, and, and for me, there are, and again, when I, my definition of leadership is broad. So most people think of leaders as corporate leaders, from manager to a CEO, but a leader is a professor, a teacher, a coach, a trainer. Essentially, anybody who's looking to influence behavior, especially the younger generation, is, is our market. Um, but what I, the answer to that is number one is IBM does a study every year. And what they say is, what is the number one characteristic leaders have to have that it be effective? And that number one thing is creativity. So they need to be creative. The second thing is that, that leaders today need to genuinely care. Now, you underline the word genuinely. Because if you genuinely care about your audience, what that means is you'll take time to understand them. You'll, take them, uh, you'll understand how they tick and what motivates them inside of that. And then when you understand what's happening, um, you'll realize soon that, that 
you may need to adjust the way you engage. And number three, most importantly, is taking action. Okay, is a lot of people have great strategies and great ideas, and they wake up at four o'clock in the morning and write them down someplace. <laughs> but it's about taking action and actually implementing uh, that strategy and, and then measuring the results. So those three things, creativity, genuinely caring, and going for it is, is essentially what, and I'm finding out there when I'm out there today, are the keys to engagement. I love it. I'm going to link to your TEDx talk, like I said, in the show notes for this episode. It is a very entertaining talk. I love your energy and you're, you just come across as just a nice guy. Like it's a nice bubbly TEDx talk and you get some movie watching in it. I think everybody should watch that. And it really describes, you know, why it helps with company culture. And then I'm also of course going to link to moviecom.com so you can try that out. Scott, anything else we should add before we say goodbye? I would just say guys, it, it, yeah, sign up for free. No credit card, nothing. Just go play with it. You can you have unlimited browsing. You have unlimited clip creation. You can even send it out to up to fifty people. Um, just kind of get their reaction. But it's fun. Um, I will end with this one last thing, which would be really cool. Is is right now we have movies, but I got to tell you, we're 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 talking with television networks. We're talking with cable stations. So so our goal is to be a very organized, ad-free, legally approved YouTube that helps today's leaders truly make a difference in people's lives. Thank you so much for listening. As always, you can check out everything we mentioned in this episode in the show notes. You can access those at becomeamediamaven.com and wherever you listen to podcasts. Remember, if you want to see us in action as we record this podcast, you can find us chatting about everything on YouTube. Just head over to my YouTube channel. And when I'm not here on the podcast or on YouTube, you can find me on Instagram or Twitter at ChristinaAllDay.com. I love hearing from listeners. I want to know what you want to know. So let me know what topics you want me to cover, what kind of guests you want me to bring on. We hold nothing back here on Become a Media Maven. So tell me what you want to hear more of, and we will bring it to you right here on the podcast.